Welcome to the Biodiversity Podcast, an oasis of thought giving space and time to the matters of life around us and how we can support it. Together, we will dive into different topics of biodiversity and hopefully fill your tool belt with the knowledge to make a small difference yourself. Welcome to the first installment of the Biodiversity Podcast, made at Green Academy and supported by the European Platform for Urban Greening. We are going to start off with the why. So why biodiversity? Why has it become such a buzzword? Well, first off, biodiversity stands for biological diversity, which means we would like diversity in all shapes and sizes, not only in plants but also in fungi species and for insects and animals as well. And this diversity has an important meaning for the strength of an ecosystem. We are now in the period of the sixth extinction called the Anthropocene, which means that we are slowly moving down a negative spiral. We are diminishing the vast fauna and creating a very fragile biological system that can cause us challenges with, among other things, pest control. Issues with pest control can cause crops to fail and therefore we might experience more famines worldwide. This sixth mass loss has been taking place over the last 50 years where there has been a massive over-exploitation of our natural resources at land and sea. Often cities are criticized with being the big sinners when it comes to a biodiversity loss. Fortunately, cities can also make amends and help restore some balance. Other than problems with pest control, less biodiversity causes ecosystems to function less efficiently and gives us massive challenges with climate change. We are at the will of nature when occurrences such as wildfires, floods, downpours, and extreme heat causes damages and lives lost. Having more diverse nature and cityscapes will help humans live better quality lives and alleviate many climate changes. There is also a political initiative for biodiversity. The European Union has a 2030 plan that strives towards a greener and more biodiverse Europe. Health-wise, financially, and as a matter of our survival, we can't afford to over-exploit resources and not think sustainably. Therefore, plans and strategies to support nature has become a top-of-mind agenda. Luckily, many politicians across the board agree, maybe mostly because there is a lot of economical value to be gained by creating a paradigm shift. But whatever driving force, we as landscapers and botanists are very happy to see our field develop and have a bigger presence on the political arena. As we mentioned, there is an economical value that comes along with more biodiversity. Let's talk a little bit more about those. If we look at our cities, we will see a lot of hardscape materials. These materials are concrete, stone, building blocks, and many more in the hardscape materials family. They have been used because they have certain qualities that helps us create the infrastructure, such as buildings, roads, paths, and so on. These practical solutions are great, but have a flip side. We have many challenges with water drainage in cities due to the many pavements and roads, 
and not enough plants to absorb the water. In cities where temperatures spike during the warm season, there is a massive need to alleviate the heat, and this is where plants, especially trees, can help. Plants use up a lot of water, helping with the downpours and evaporate up to 95% of the absorbed water. The humidity from this evaporation makes the air cooler and therefore lowers the dry heat and temperature. Mental well-being is also one of the benefits. Studies show that the color green and the tranquility of nature helps human beings produce oxytocin, a hormone that relaxes us. Cities are known for their fast-paced rhythm, and mental health components such as anxiety and stress are along with depression the leading causes of a lesser quality of life. What do these scenarios have to do with economical value? Well, all of the implications I've just mentioned cost a lot of money and are continuous. That means with a growing population where people need to live, work, and thrive, we are going to have to produce more and more of these hard materials, deplete natural resources, while polluting more and giving us less space for food and nature. You see, money and resources is spent regardless, so why not spend it on something that gives us less expenses in the long run and a more sustainable future? It is no longer a question of why biodiversity, but more so how can we all be a part of and contribute to a more sustainable future. Let's look more into the different types of ecosystems. We are looking into having ecosystem species and gene diversity. Diversity in these three areas is important because they have very specific functions. Ecosystems can be divided into micro and macro systems. In the micro ecosystem, we find insects, fungi, bacteria, algae, and so on. Microorganisms are the cleaners of the world. They decompose primary dead organic materials and as a byproduct, turn it into nutritional matter ready for consumption by macroorganisms. Having a diverse microecosystem will help fuel all other plants and animals, as well as us humans at the top of the food chain. To put things into perspective, having a diverse microecosystem is like having a diverse gut flora. The more diverse it is, the more resilient it is towards dangers and diseases. Macroecosystems are those that we can more easily see with the bare eye. It could be trees, shrubs, perennials, birds, frogs, and so on, all living in the proximity of each other. Macroorganisms have a role of their own in the big picture. All plants are important because of the services they provide. These services are photosynthesis, water filtration, creating energy and raw material, absorbing carbon dioxide, and many more. A little side note, we will actually be getting more into the services in the next episode, so stay tuned for that one. Now, it is very funny and peculiar that we are talking about biodiversity as if 
It is a whole new concept invented in modern times. If we look back in history, biodiverse is actually the way nature organizes itself. There can easily be species that dominate in certain areas, but nature, left alone, will never be as single-minded as the man-made versions of a landscape. It will naturally try and bring itself into a state of equilibrium. You see, if humans disappeared from Earth, nature would take over and create countless combinations of ecosystems that function and maintain themselves. One would also probably see slower climate change, which is the appropriate way for the Earth to evolve. Another important evolutionary element is a gene pool diversity. This goes for every living thing on Earth. Single-minded monobiology has great implications, especially for future generations. Monobiology can lead to weaker species that are more prone to diseases and thereby less resilient. Therefore, it is very important not to settle for less diversity, but advocate and preserve more. Nature is both self-sufficient and very resilient on its own. We just need to start assisting it more and come to terms with the fact that things can be messy, wild, and abundant while aesthetically pleasing. You've been listening to another edition of the Biodiversity Podcast. This program is supported by Green Academy Aarhus. Join us next time and remember you are already a part of the change we all need.